You're listening to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of the Legends of Runeterra. This episode is brought to you by listeners like you. To become a supporter of the show, visit patreon.com slash legendscast. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast, a podcast about the legends of Runeterra. My name is Mark or the Lip from outside of Pittsburgh, PA, and with me tonight is my legendary and faithful co-host, Dead Broke Nerd, and the extraordinary, I can't remember, the, the always optimistic and ex- catastrophically creative Gibbles and Bits, uh, eternally optimistic and catastrophically creative Gibbles and Bits. Oh man, it's good to be back, guys. It was a week off. It was a week off, but we're back. So uh, welcome back to the show. One week off, and he starts yeah. screwing up my adjectives. I mean, he he tried to salvage it. He did. I think you I, could he could hear the pause where he stopped, and he was like, "Let yeah. me find it." Let you, me find you, knew, it. you could feel his like brain rumbling, looking for that uh, for that title. He got there though. Credit to, credit to him. He got. There, I had though. to dig around a bit. I had to dig around, <laughs> but after I dug about, I did find it. So. I got it right in the end is all I'm trying to say is I definitely had it right in the end. But, hey, people pay uh, us yeah, money to podcast. Just a reminder it, for anybody uncertain. <laughs> what what you say? <laughs> I said people pay us money to podcast. <laughs> people do. People do. They actually donate money to us because they love our content oh so much. Uh, Start but, paying uh, by the adjective. Yeah, yeah, so we tried to make last week work. Um but uh, Gibbles and Bits, do you want to explain why it was yours and your fault only that we were mm-hmm. completely incapable of recording? Do you want to explain why that's the exact opposite of what happened? <laughs> <laughs> you brought me on as the third co-host to be consistency, to be a pillar, and that's what happened. But my other two co-hosts, they failed me. They each had very good reasons, though, for why we didn't record. So credit where credit is due. But yes, it was um, unfortunate that we couldn't rally the troops and get uh, get status, uh, get a quorum, uh, in order to get the episode out last week. So apologies to everybody for, for the lack of content, but boy, do we have some stuff to talk about, don't we? Heck yeah. yeah there's, I there's, so. uh, all kinds of stuff, all kinds of stuff, but we've also been playing a lot. Uh, well, maybe not a lot, but we've been playing some as well. Uh, DBN, I know, I, I think you've gotten some, some LOR in the past couple of weeks, even with all the craziness, right? Um, almost none until today, actually. Um, I, I punted on playing any sort of, um, constructed. So not doing that, uh, until new cards or balance changes, just not enjoying it whatsoever. However, been playing in the league and it's been the most fun Runeterra possibly has ever been. It's almost like playing in restricted formats is interesting. Would love to see more of <laughs> almost. that. <laughs> yeah, almost as though, almost as though it's uh, it's fun. Uh, you've been playing. You know, it, I mean, we're all playing the league, right? Well, well, yeah. You know what's interesting? I, I just like I remember playing a versus system, and uh, and I, I mean, I, I played that competitively for a while, and and played a lot of it. And although I had you know, some very my my actually my strongest performances were in completely open constructed formats with no, you know, holds barred. I always had the most fun. And it was really prominent in the versus system uh community to hold tournaments with restricted formats. It it was common actually even. Um because, you know, the the open constructed was 
a pretty high power level and there was i'd say about 10 to 12 decks that were viable in it and uh but for a game with a massive card pool um and lots of options and lots of interesting things to explore that wasn't good enough right so i mean it, it was pretty common in that situation to see you know unique formats that really forced that deck building um you know component to shine as well as the skill and i feel like we are getting there actually with the league and we've received a lot of good feedback so far yeah i've had a lot of fun with it i mean i'm sure once this podcast comes out we talk about how great the format is with the allegiance decks and the best of fives the people who will inevitably comment in the po in the in the podcast conversation <laughs> will be the people who let us know how much they dislike the new format and wish it was the old one. However, I like the new format. Um, and uh, I'll tell you this much, man. My Demacia Allegiance deck has been doing some work. I lost week one, one week two. But the Demacia, uh, man, dude, it uh, it's chewed some people up. Uh, and and Gibby, I, I, I'm curious. I mean, I'm, I'm one and one. Are you guys both two and zero? Have you both won your first two weeks? We have. We are yep. both two and zero, both DBN and I. Uh, so it sounds like the three hosts are are performing pretty strong right now. Um, I have been very happy with the list that I've run so far. I made one pivot from week one to week two. After one of my decks, I was running a Mist Wraiths deck, and it literally lost three times, or twice. It lost twice, and I ended up in a stalemate in a fifth game. Um, where it was, okay, let's see whose deck that's lost twice can pull it out. So it was very close. And I was like, that's a sign that this deck needs to be retired. I need to come up with something different. So, um, but uh, yeah, week one and week two have been really fun. I've actually really loved the best of five because mm -hmm. we were always planning to do a shorter season. The expanded set, I think, has been a good idea. It's allowed us, um, the players of each week, to experiment more and, and need to prepare a little bit more and i'm kind of okay with that and bring extra decks uh we're seeing a wider variety i mean there's there's no there's no secret that there's a couple very powerful regions right now and i think if we did anything less than a best of five you would see the same regions over and over and over again um, i'm happy to report that i've seen quite a variety in the the decks that i've played against um, both in region and um, even some of the more common regions, the type of deck within that region mm -hmm. has varied too, which is a good sign. I think the card pool is big enough that an Allegiance format like this works. I think part of my favorite part of this format, though, is it's allowing cards that typically wouldn't just make the cut in a regular deck building format of, con of competitive, uh, where the entire card pool is open. Uh, everyone's really optimizing their decks. I've I've been able to utilize some cards that don't ever get played, uh, along with some other cards um, that I've seen on the other side of the board that I didn't know they were going to drop. I'm in my head. I'm trying to figure out, okay, they've got three mana. What could they possibly play? And they play something that is completely out of purview of what I even considered. Mm. So that is really cool to me. It makes it fresh. It makes it exciting uh, and tests what your knowledge is of the cards a little bit more. Yeah, I think there's been. Uh, I think it's opened up a world for some memes too. You know, anytime you oh, yeah. you create a limited format and you say, "Hey, we're going to take Azrilia and uh, and we're going to take, you know, some of these other decks that have been around and and you know you can't beat them with your meme deck," and you say, "We're going to take those out," and everyone's going to play suboptimal lists. It suddenly makes memes 
better uh, because because they don't have to compete with the best, right? The memes get to compete with stuff that's like a little bit worse. Uh, and there is some some meme decks. See some uh, what the glorious invention or what is it the the, the pnz 10 cost card yeah uh, i did get to play against a shadow isles deck this week that was really strong uh that was a Callista and viego list mm-hmm. um that was just uh running all of the stuff that you could that could uh duplicate uh the the you know the the mist well not the mist race but it had mist race and then it also had the race that buffed viego and it was running things like Put a copy, you know, zero mana. Put a copy of a, a, a target creature in hand uh, and make it ephemeral, you know, and and play that, or um, you know, the rising mists to resummon your mists and make them bigger. And I was like, man, like this reminds me of a PNZ Shadow Isles list, but this is mono Shadow Isles, and they're still finding ways within Shadow Isles that I didn't expect to duplicate mists, which was really interesting. Hats off to Chris Engel. That was a really hard deck to beat <laughs> this week, and ended up sort of. Uh, pulling it off and getting lucky with some aggressive lists that I had. I had a pretty aggressive, uh, pretty aggressive Noxus list, Demacia list, uh, that ended up being able to pull out some wins. And in the end, I actually ended up winning because I was playing an Ash Sejuani list that's trying to ramp up the Den Mothers. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the end, I won because I played uh, Howling Abyss in it. And Howling Abyss on its first chunk gave me leveled up Viego, which, by the way, <laughs> is very good off of howling abyss leveled up viego <laughs> i apologized to him a bunch though because it was it had to have been the worst way it, it was the worst feeling to win in a way that i got I, getting level up viego off of alpha howling abyss is is a demoralizing way to lose and an embarrassing way to win um <laughs> but that's how i got the, that's, that's how it. i got my win this week you so. owe that man a soda yeah I, yeah, I owe him more than that. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, I felt bad. <laughs> I actually, uh, I actually played against uh, Gurin uh, this week, and uh, I got, uh, I won three games to one. But the third, uh, but the final game that I won um, was like almost. I had one predict to find the exact answer uh, to what he was about to do to me, and uh, I found it. And it's just so funny to like to to think about those sorts of things like when you do it on ladder against like this faceless opponent you're like yeah that's right i'm good and when you do it against somebody that you're like playing games with and is in the community and and you're you know you're chatting with you go like oh wow i got so bailed out (laughs) like the entire emotion (laughs) of it changes you know uh but um but it's been a lot of fun and you know I, i happen to know just from our conversations uh brendan and i are playing almost identical lineups um pretty much pretty much uh what i think we have you a different work on deck building with your best friend that's right <laughs> it's true i think we have a different fourth list though um so like we have you know i have three core lists i've played the same thing week in week out he ha- i believe you have had to switch once for factions um but i play the same mm-hmm. three factions both times and um um, I have a, I had a fourth one that if one of those main three gets, um, you know, banned, I'll play this fourth one. Um, and I think our, our fourth ones are different, but, um, they are, what's funny is the three lists that we're talking about. I created one alone. You created one alone. Yep. And then we created one together. So there's well, very actually, much... that's not entirely true. We each created it separately 
tried to tell the other about it and realized we had come up with about 30 of the 40 cards being exactly the same. Uh, <laughs> Almost the same exact deck. Yeah. Right. And then we like worked on the last 10 cards together. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, it was it was pretty uh pretty cool to see that we both came to the same conclusion on a not very obvious deck idea too. It, this is not mm -hmm. a straightforward. It wasn't like, dude, I built mist rates too, and it was yeah. just spamming <laughs> no. a bunch of mist rates. <laughs> no, this was a very outside the norm uh, deck idea um, that I'm being vague about intentionally, uh, just for so that people can't figure you out and count right. you. I'll. Yeah. Uh... I will give Metagaming. I will give something away about my approach, which because we have different tech cards, I think, in some of our lineups and stuff like that. We might as well just talk about it now. Uh, no, no, no. But all I'm saying is uh, I feel really good about uh, my decision when choosing which decks I wanted to play, which regions, because and this is an open challenge to Simic, who is uh, my opponent this week. Um, I looked at uh, the Allegiance decks and I said, what is the thing that I don't want to play? Okay, I'll ban that. What's the thing I think everyone's going to play? Oh, Demacia? I'm going to bring three decks that screw Demacia and just open challenge for anyone to bring a Demacia list. And uh, both weeks, it has happened. In both weeks, I felt really good about my decision. <laughs> <laughs> do, do we, okay, okay. Well, hopefully I'm not against DBN. Uh, and if that's the case, I won't be queuing up my Demacia list. I just that's threw right. together... Uh, eight mono decks. I just threw together one for each faction, and then I just kind of randomly, you know, just Russian roulette, choose them um, and <laughs> you know? see what type of thing I'm going to get. I will say this: uh, my probably my target list has been one of the best. I'm playing Zoe mm -hmm. Lee Sin, or yeah, Z uh, not Zoe Lee Sin, uh, Zoe Aurelian Soul Targon, mm -hmm. um, and just a ton of, uh, you know, a ton of predict type thing, what, whatever it's called. Invoke. It's not, yeah, you you know Invoke, what it is. Yeah. Invoke, yeah, and uh, dang, dude, it's uh, it's pretty good. It's, it's pretty good. It's you know good. that I'm one into it twice in two weeks. Oh, see, that's interesting. I haven't seen that one yet, and uh, but I I am definitely I'm a little scared of it. You know, um, I I think that it's it's pretty. I mean, being able to toolbox into literally anything you want uh, that can save the situation pretty seems good. good. Uh, you may not be able to main deck it, clock. but uh, <laughs> but you can you can certainly go find it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Now, uh, in addition to that, uh, you know, we had the ruination event that just wrapped up. Mm -hmm. How'd you guys do? Did you finish out your pass? Did you buy out your pass? Did you get everything? Uh, you know, you got all the little icons that you get for finishing the quest lines and everything as well. I did good. I, I finished everything. It was a lot of AI games. It was a lot of AI games. But, uh, you know, just sat on my couch, grinded out some AI games while my daughters watched YouTube. I hung out with them throughout this week and uh, actually, it was kind of therapeutic and fun. I, I really didn't mind it. And also, I did it through some labs, which we'll talk about later. But, uh, Brendan, how about you? How'd, uh, how'd, the, uh, how'd the event pass go? Did you end up cleaning it out? Yeah, I cleaned it out pretty early. Um, I had about a week's left of time on the clock but while I had gotten that that all-important Senna icon and the the copy for the upcoming expansion at the end of the road. So I started off with the Ruination side, Um so I really did want to get, I think I was really excited to get I think, uh, off of the Sentinel side, the, um, the Sentinel Gloomtooth shark. Mm -hmm. I, I plan on using that quite a bit. So that I think was the one thing that I was looking forward to the most uh, on later on in the, in the chain. But yeah, I did finish it off. I played mostly uh, some constructed stuff, some lab stuff. I didn't cheese anything out with, uh, with AI for a while, although that's a, definitely a good way to do it. 
Um, but yeah, I actually really enjoyed this event. I thought it was flavorful. I thought the rewards were worth it. And I think it was a very cool storyline to drive amongst the both of the games. So overall, I was really satisfied with the event. DBN, did you get to finish your event pass? Well, uh, I I am uh, just want to clarify there as of right now, still a day and some hours left. Oh, okay, okay, my bad. I thought uh, it was over. My no, bad. No, no, there's still a day and some hours left, uh, and that's because I'm going to be using that day and some hours to try to get halfway through the pass to get my oh, prismatic no. auction. Oh, oh no! Boy. Yeah, got some work yeah. To do. Uh. I'm close. I'm I'm like 15 stars or whatever from Akshan. Um, you got to at didn't... least get the Prismatic Champ. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So for the record, Akshan has become a top five champ for me. I absolutely adore him. Um, mm. Everything about that card, its design, the level up animation. I always liked landmarks, even if they weren't good. This one is very good. Um, plays really well with a lot of champs. It's just super cool and fun. Now, I don't love that it's good with Lee Sin. I don't love that, you know, the powerful decks that, you know, he's being played in and, you know, constructed. But that's okay because I really like Akshan in general. Uh, so I really do want that prismatic. Um, I wasn't super thrilled with this event thematically. For some reason, it just didn't speak to me. I, I don't, I can't, I can't really identify why. It just wasn't my cup of tea. Um, You're a KDA type of guy. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely not. Um, you know, the beach the beach one was actually, um, I know I kind of ragged on it, but it's not that I didn't like it. It's just that I didn't like my options to spend money on. Um, but mm -hmm. I, I, I don't mind those more whimsical things. What was the one before that? The space one? Loved that. Loved me some, yeah, space some cosmic cool. space stuff. Um, I, I've liked a lot of the events recently. This one just, I, I appreciate what they're doing. It just didn't really win me over. And maybe it's because most of the champs involved in it, I don't really care about. Um, you know, I mean, Karma and Aurelia, just, ugh. Um, you know, you Riven, Riven is cool. I do love Riven. Um, and Riven's, Riven's art is is really cool. But I, I don't know. Uh, Draven, again, don't really care about that much. Thresh, eh. Um, Viego, haven't really messed with at all yet. Uh, want to, but haven't. Uh, so it's just uh, it just really wasn't my my thing, and that's okay. I don't regret spending the money because I'm throwing money to the game that I like. Uh, so it's it's all gravy. But uh, but no, haven't gotten very far on that. Probably won't do much post uh, auction prismatic because at the end of the day, that's the thing I wanted anyways. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm kind of like I'm the type of person who like if there's a prismatic or not a prismatic, like a cosmetic that I can get for free. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna grind to I get mean, it for free. free. Uh, well, not free, but like once I paid the ten bucks, it was like sure. I gotta get it right. But like I'll grind to it, right? Like like uh, like even like the quests, like they came out with like the the groupings of quests, and if you do each champion's quest or each quest chain, mm -hmm. uh, you get like a icon. And it's like I don't even need these icons, but I'm not letting these things go to waste. Like, I'm gonna grind <laughs> out this. Like I I had finished the pass before the like when the Draven quest came out. I finished the pass on the first leg of Draven quest, but I was like. I'm going to grind out the last two legs. I don't like Draven. I don't want his icon. I'm not going to use it, but I can't not get it. So, you know, I sat and grinded it out even after I had finished the event pass to make sure that I picked up the Draven icon just because I wanted it in the collection. You know, I, I wanted mm. it in the collection. I wanted to be able to have it as an option in case 
you know, one day something crazy happened and Draven suddenly became my favorite champion. And sure, I mean, forgotten it, you know, it's was, you're you're also more of a completionist, right, and a collector, sure, uh, than than I am. So I mean, that totally fits the way that you want to play, and that's totally valid. You know, I think yeah, the workhorse. Of the Legends cast crew. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, probably probably put more hours into it than either of us. Well, maybe Gibby plays a lot. Definitely more than me. Oh, Gibby plays way more than I do. Yeah, because uh, he, that's, he yeah, sits there at work. <laughs> so I will yeah. say it's slightly deceiving. I do, I do play a good amount. I will give myself that pat in the back. But I had several people over the past week or two because of my new work setup where I've got all of my work um, monitors and, and my laptop in front of me and I've got my... Um, personal laptop, my gaming laptop, uh, directly to my left. On a, I have an L-shaped kind of wraparound desk. I just usually keep my laptop open. So I had several people over the past couple of weeks go, hey, you want to jam some games? I, saw, I see that you're on Runeterra, but it was just that I had left my laptop open. <laughs> so it showed that I was on and I felt so bad. I was like, they think that I'm on and I'm deceiving them. I'm not well, actually on not that all that much. That's why people thought that I actually lived and breathed Elder Scrolls Online for about a year because the Just launcher was on, always yeah. up, so Discord always said I was playing it, even exactly. when I was asleep. Uh, but uh, and also, I kind of lived and breathed DSO for a year. Um, that's the other you reason. know. Uh, but go ahead. I, I was just gonna say I think that that's like it also comes down to you know what are you playing in the interim. Like, are you like, because anytime I, I play Lesser and Terra and I don't check those boxes is when I get hooked on another game. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's a, I, I think that that's a good thing for Runeterra for me that it, it is that game that like I go back to. And part of it's mm-hmm. the podcast, but part of it is I, hey, I like card games, right? Um, but uh, I mean, being hooked on both Pokemon Unite and also um, I bought Hollow Knight. Oh, and dude, my, my goodness, Knight. that game is beautiful and incredible and mesmerizing uh yeah i got i've gotten lost in it am i bad for not knowing what that is no i i didn't know it until what a week or it's week a platform and a half ago okay. yeah it's like dark souls meets mario super mario brothers 3 more like, kind of. it's like more a... like castlevania um okay, castlevania, is cool. like castlevania oh okay well yeah, but I mean, Cast- Castlevania, Mario platforming. Yeah, 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 exactly. Same thing. But like Dark Souls, like you're exploring this world and like, you know, it's not like a, it tells you, it doesn't tell you everything about it. I, I love games like that where like they don't, you know, ex- overly explain things. I like to kind of discover the narrative for myself. I've gotten really hooked on that style of storytelling in video games. Um, so I've just been loving it. And the art and the music are beautiful. It, the sound design is really fun so i've just mm-hmm. i've just loved this game um sorry i got hooked on it so i you know haven't booted up as much uh runeterra but um yeah but you know hey yeah, they, i think we, like we come you, and go. i kind of go to i go to another game and then i come back to runeterra yeah. heavily and you know for a few weeks and then i'll play tft for a week or two and then i'm back to runeterra for a couple weeks but uh and let's go ahead and give a thank you to our patrons over at patreon.com slash legends cast thank you guys for your support also thank you to anybody who's ever given us a rating and review especially over on itunes we appreciate you thank you for doing that if you want to become a supporter of the show uh head on over to uh uh, patreon.com slash legends cast to grab the link in the description of this episode 
and uh, and become a supporter of the show. No new supporters this week, so you could be the new supporter for next week. Drop us a twenty-five cents an episode. Uh, that is a dollar a month, or if Gibby sabotages us again, it's like seventy-five cents a month or whatever. But you'd still give us a dollar because we don't. You you can't pledge per episode, so tough luck. Um, uh, you know, we, we would just have stolen 25 cents from you at that point. Once again, entirely Gibby's fault and <laughs> nobody else's. Yep. Um, I'm yeah, a, a liar and a thief. That's what we've, that's how we're going to end. <laughs> uh, Gibby's like, I'm done on this Gibby show. I, I prefer savvy and quick handed. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's why he plays a rogue in D and D. Um, uh, so, uh, but let's go ahead and jump into the main segment, uh, for tonight. We're going to be talking about the news. Time for the main event. Okay, guys, the main segment was really just talking about stuff that we haven't gotten to talk about yet, especially because we missed last week. And before we jump into the new region road and all of the stuff that's coming out uh, with the new expansion in August, I do want to ask if you guys gotten a chance to experience the new uh, the new lab. It's not. Yeah, it's like a new lab, right? The 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 gangplank saltwater adventure saltwater scourge it's uh i'm curious have you guys gotten a chance to check it out yeah i got a little bit of scurvy um while i'm playing it (laughs) no i i see i think i had even more fun maybe than you guys did because as i mentioned on a previous episode and shame on me i hadn't played lab of legends at all so this was a very new experience to me because as i understand some of the elements in terms of the deck buffing and um, some of the more kind of outrageous combos that you can pull off that um, the Saltwater Scourge incorporates is similar to some of the elements that you see in Lab of Legends. So I really enjoyed the new mode, and I think the word choice you used, uh, Mark, was appropriate. I would call it an experience. In terms of the game, it was brand new and so different and very story-ish driven when you think about the whole having to explore all the way through Bilgewater to then fight Gangplank and dethrone him, I felt very immersed while I was playing as I was traveling to these locations. What it reminded me of was a another uncomplete, completely unrelated game that I loved playing growing up on GameCube, uh, which was Soul Calibur 2. Now, Soul Calibur 2 had this like story kind of map um, mode where you would uncover. Granted, it was a little bit more narrative driven as you would uncover different locations. There was a reason you were going there and all of that. But this kind of reminisced me back to that. And I really enjoyed playing through it and, and just finding the different combinations. I did try each of the different champions. Tom Kench overwhelmingly felt like to be the least good of the three uh um, yeah yeah oh yeah yeah definitely hmm. but and that makes just sense because as you're picking up cards he just doesn't mesh with a lot a lot of mm. other things like like misfortune does do you, are you disagreeing dbn of yes. course he is yes uh-huh. <laughs> uh i ended up playing i played through all three uh beat it with all three loved it i agree i thought it was mf was the easiest for me tf was the next easiest Kench was definitely the hardest. Kench is the only one Agreed. that I really died on and had to do a reset towards the end. I lost to uh, Karma, and then I think I also lost to... Because Karma, you start with 10 mana, and her whole deck is just full of 10 mana things. 
uh, and he starts with Carmen hands. It's ridiculous. Um, uh, and then I lost to, to the saltwater scourge himself at least once. Um, and, but I, I had a ridiculous MF run where it was like, every time I got to add new things, it gave me the option of a champion. And I ended up with every region in my deck except one. <laughs> and I had so many champions in my deck when it loaded that it couldn't get them all on my screen. It actually filled the entire board and there was champions off the right and off to the left. I had like 12 or 14 champions in my deck Amazing. from like seven That's... different regions. So it was like this, it felt so cool because it was like MF was the best one. She was the only one with any like significant power-ups, but it was like, here's Misfortune with her boat full of champions that she has collected from across Bilgewater from all of the other regions. And I brought them all to go to war against Gangplank. And that felt, that's so and I thought cool. that's how everyone was going to be. And then I played TF and I have like two champions in my <laughs> the deck. Did it's you, like, there was have, TF have and one played, other guy. Have you played Mortal Kombat, the, the new Mortal Kombat game at all? Uh, no, I have not. Mm -mm. Okay. So if you ever get the chance to go on YouTube and just watch the story, like the, the videos of the cutscenes from, from more than new Mortal Kombat game, the most recent one, that's literally what happens is there's some time Lord lady on this this for this foreign way far away island and a couple of the leaders of the champions in mortal Kombat gather all of the other champion characters and they literally just ride to war on these boats so that's the only thing i can picture now <laughs> i wish you had taken a screenshot well i even had a copy of the siren in my deck i got right at the end uh, and it was like a de decrease by two costs i had a copy of the siren mm. with my mf and then a whole boat full of champions from all across Runeterra uh, it, it going to war against GP. It was so much fun and uh, loved that run. And like I said, some of my other ones weren't quite as flashy, but had a, a lot of fun with it. And there's like the thing that I love most about it is like you get rated in like the different mm -hmm. three categories or whatever, um, which would allow somebody who really only wants to do this card game PVE to go back and just grind that out and try to get top tier, you know, S tier and all of those, which would be cool. Um, DBN, I'm curious about your your Tom Kench run now. Uh, what what was that like? Yeah, so um, like I said, I haven't been playing very much. So when you guys said, oh, we're going to talk about the Saltwater Scourge today, I said, oh, shoot, better go play it. Uh, good so, call, good call, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I booted it up um, after work. And uh, I saw that, you know, you got to choose between Misfortune, uh, Twisted Fate, and uh, and Tom Kench. And I said, my goodness, I have played so much Twisted Fate. I've played so much Misfortune. I love them, but, like, I've done it all with them. Let me mess with uh, Tom Kench and see what's up. So, uh, play Tom Kench. And... Uh, I took a, an approach that I don't know if it's particularly common or not, but I was trying to kind of speed run it, right? So that I could say that I finished it. Uh, at a certain point, I got offered a few cards a couple games in, uh, and I managed to pick up the eight-mana Demacia card that says your your thing can't die. Oh, Unyielding Spirit. Unyielding Spirit. Uh, yeah, that's pretty Pretty good on Tom Kench, probably. Yeah, yeah. And then after that, I and you know I picked that up pretty early before I got any like like major buffs, like um you know like the the modifiers. 
And then I said, okay, this is cool. I'm going to build my entire like rest of my run around unyielding spirit Tom Kench. So I picked up the one that allows your mana, like you start with an extra mana gem. So I picked up that so that I could get there faster, right? I said, okay, I'm going to draft a ton of two drops and no three drops so that I can make sure that I could drop something on two and then pass turn three so that on turn five I can drop unyielding spirit on my TK. Uh, and overwhelmingly, it seemed to work. Um, in fact, I pretty much rendered 90% of the battles like completely useless because I would just have Tom eat whatever they played, snowball aboard, and win. Um, and I granted, while I think the unyielding spirit kind of helped me cheese it, I did kind of have to like draft with that in mind, which was kind of cool. Um, and and you know, build out uh making sure I had enough early game to live against the faster decks and then plenty of uh drafted plenty of like health regen because I would take some damage early while I was waiting for TK to come online. So it definitely did feel like my decisions helped me, even though I got this kind of weird combo early, it felt like my decisions did kind of impact the ability for me to deliver that deck to its fruition as the enemies got stronger, which was cool to see the enemies get stronger as you go. And um my middle um mini champion enemy was Azir who was pretty challenging because um, he got all these things out really fast all those sand soldiers out but eventually I was able to kind of throw enough blockers up to to stabilize and then you know win through but um, yeah um, what was cool though is you mentioned how you got all those champions I thought that was really neat too because I actually picked up I think a total of five champions including Tom uh, in that run and I thought that was really cool I had Akshan and Lucian uh, which were great because I could drop them right on two, which was actually my opponent's turn one, uh, which felt really good. Um, and then I also had Garen, which I surprisingly did great. Um, you know, on the turn, the times when I didn't get Unyielding Spirit, dropping Garen is another great kind of uh, defensive tool to go with my Tom. And, you know, what was the other interesting thing is I saw those shops along the way, right, where you can choose to buy things and stuff like that. I never bought anything and it wasn't me being like stubborn, but it just seemed like as I was looking at stuff, there were some neat options, but whatever was randomly generated for like it would dilute my deck. I had a very clear, you know, kind of path that I was going with my, my deck idea with Tom Kench. And I was like, I don't want to dilute this with cards that may be singularly good, but might mean that I don't pick up Tom um, or don't pick up one of those other cards. So I ended up after like the first half of the run saying, okay, I've never used these shops. I'm just going to keep going and just like no sh no shopping run. Uh, and I got to the end of it. I beat Gangplank. I didn't even finish all of the mini fights along the way. I just kind of beelined for him. I think I was level seven of eight uh, when I beat him. I beat him on the first try pretty handily. Um, and uh, in fact, partly because when the, um, um, the big ship came down, I just ate it with Tom. Um, so it was just kind of a, a, a perfect storm, I think, of why it was so easy to beat. But um, at the end of it, I, what I wasn't sure about and I wanted to ask you guys is I got two, two of the little rewards and not a third one. The third one was empty. I'm not sure what that means because I got a skill one and I got a money one and then I didn't get the middle one. Like it, it, I don't know what it is. I don't actually know either, to be honest with you, because I did the same on Tom and I didn't get one. Either on Tom or TF, I didn't get one on. And I'm not sure 
why. Well, what was the uh, one? I'm for sure MF? someone else could tell us. Yeah, well, let's let's punt that to the uh, to the Discord to to answer that question for us. What what did you get a third one on MF? No. Uh, yeah, I got a third one on MF. I have three on MF, and Do I you have remember three what, on what it is. Uh, I I can I can take a look at it, but I definitely got three on a couple of them, and there was only one. Like I finished the run three times, and mm-hmm. I enjoyed all three of them. Yeah, and there was only one that I didn't get three rewards on. Um, and I think it like came up with a question mark, or it was just completely blank. I'm I'm like, I'm trying to remember exactly. I'll I'll take a look at it, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Overall, I thought that like the 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 whole event I thought was super fun. So yeah, so I got uh I got like I got a speed, a riches, and like a a double cross sword. I don't know what those mean. I know exactly. there's a skill, there's a skill ranking because I got a S skill ranking for Tom. But then I got a B okay. money ranking or gold gold ranking, which is weird because I didn't spend any money the whole time. I was thought I was I would have been good on that one. <laughs> you probably didn't accrue enough because you didn't do all the challenges. Didn't do all the side things, man. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, that could be. See, I got a I got a on an MF and on Twisted Fate, I got on the crossed swords icon, I got uh like a, I got an A on MF. Then I have a boot icon, which I'm imagining is speed, but you got a B. Mm. And then I got a B on money as well, and I, I don't know if that's Ooh, it just might like... be it might be how many turns it took you as opposed to like how quickly you made a beeline. Because with interestingly, I was also working on that karma quest where you have to get to turn ten. So there's a couple times with Tom that I just sat there and tapped the turn button to get to turn ten before winning. <laughs> so I probably Maybe. got like negative rank on that. <laughs> that could be, yeah, that could be. At least you guys got to finish with all the champs, or at least at least it sounds like Mark did. I I didn't get I have not beat it yet with Tom. It was granted it was the first time I went through it, but similar to what you experienced, DBN, there were times where I would hit those shops. Yeah, and I'm looking at the options, and I just wasn't impressed, or I was just like, I could okay, I have the money, I could spend something right now mm-hmm. and get a card in my deck that has a decent effect. But the card doesn't mean anything to me in my deck. Yeah. And it doesn't make sense for me to have this card. I would never have picked this. <laughs> and and maybe it was the the champion that I, I ended up mm-hmm. just snagging early on. I ended up getting Victor, which I then was like, okay, I'm going to go and just try to find all of the create cards. Mm. All of the either elusive or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to create multiple copies of things. There's got to be some recursion uh, little properties on some of these cards that will allow me to kind of just magnify uh, Victor's effect and just run away with games. And I never saw that. I ended up skipping a good three or four shops just, and I, and I went back, I found myself just going back to the shops. I'm like halfway through the map and I'm going back to the beginning, all the way to the beginning to look at these shops. And I'm like, Nope, still bad. Still not what I want. (laughs) (laughs) And just kept going back and skipping them. (laughs) And I ended up getting just absolutely molly wops a couple of times with that deck and then after losing a couple times I said there's got to be a better way to do this and I I canceled the run ended the run and tried it with MF and then just cleaned house and I was like okay so this is what it's supposed to be like well you know I I think that that partly comes with experience with Lab of Legends because it it does become a little bit of a different game than like I think I think it is you can kind of gamify it like you can game it a little bit one of the things against the AI with Runeterra is that aggression really throws it for a loop 
So if you play a very aggressive, like play very aggressively against the AI, it doesn't always respond optimally. And more than that, typically the things, that the combos it wants are mana dependent. Um, so with the exception of a couple of the ones I encountered, like with Lab of Legends, like Mark knows, you know, you, you had the same nine opponents that you go through like a like a Mortal Kombat tower and to put it in a analogy yep. you'd understand. And it's the same nine every time. I'm listening. Yeah. Um and so you you eventually like you know, okay, when I play against Scar Grounds, I know exactly what I need to do to be I need to be able to beat Scar Grounds just as much as I need to be able to blitz through the elusives that Victor has at the end of the run. Like you, you start like gamifying because you know what's ahead of you and you also know yeah, how you the familiarize AI yourself is. with each part. Sure. Right. You that familiarize with the opponents, but you also know how the AI handles it. And like the AI, you know, doesn't always take optimal trades. Sometimes it lets you hit through, um, which, and it doesn't really realize what that could imply for plunder. Right. It doesn't take those things into account. Um, so, you know, it, Aggression tends to do better against the AI. And also, I think just, um, you know, understanding how the AI plays in these Lab of Legends things will, of course, give you a little bit of an edge for, you know, playing like a Tom Kench deck. And since you don't have, you didn't play Lab of Legends, it probably threw you off a little bit. It did, yeah, but I'll definitely also, be playing more Scourge. There's also ultimate, there's like very clearly, you know, some of the best powers or not better powers that you can pick, um, you know, just to power up your deck as well uh, that aren't necessarily just synergistic. Like you just know, True. oh, this one could go with this because I could pick up this one later because you're aware. But there was a lot of new ones in this. All in all, I thought it was a big success. I thought there was a lot of really cool stuff in this. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I love that part of the region road <laughs> we're about to talk about um, includes some uh, some additional uh, some like additional PVE content that's going to be coming out as well, which I think is is really cool because I thought they did a great job with this, just taking Lab of Legends to the next level. Um, I don't know, uh, Gibby, do you have uh, do you have uh, the ability to pull up the region road real quick, or would you guys like me to go through the region road that we had announced because we got a big announcement, uh, you know, a week ago or so uh, as well? Yeah, we haven't yeah, talked I about have... it at all. <laughs> yeah, uh, you talking, talking about just the roadmap for the uh, for the upcoming months? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the remainder of 2021. You want to take us yeah. through sort of like August through December and what we're looking at uh, coming out? I I capped it. So it looks like for August, which we are uh, about a quarter of the way through now. Um, the new set beyond the Bandlewood. So it looks like the last region that we will be receiving as communicated by uh, the Riot devs and Riot personnel is going to be Bandle City. Uh, I, I, from hearing a couple people talk in Discord, this has been known for a little bit, but now it's finally being communicated and solidified as this is the last region that we will be seeing um, for Legends of Runeterra. We should be seeing cards any day now as they begin to start revealing uh, what the expansion is going to look like and some of the new uh, cards for that expansion. So very excited to see that. There's going to be an expansion event pass that goes along with the release of Bandle City and Beyond the Bandlewood, uh, the seasonal tournament, as they as they have been on a regular schedule with that, and the new ranked season starts. As we move into September, they are going to be having the Legends of Runeterra World Championships, and they have only listed that for September, which kind of goes along with the language that we've been seeing. I've been a little bit more uh, focused on keeping a presence on Twitter, 
So I have been following a lot of the tweets from either prominent members in the community for from the caster's perspective or our friends over at Twin Sons who do a great job on Twitter or even just some of the Riot devs. And there's a heavy focus on the Legends of Runeterra World Championships for September. So they will be spending a lot of time promoting that event. I can imagine they want it to be uh, get to the point where it's big, like what the Hearthstone Championships used to be like, or something with Dota 2 or League of Legends, how all of those championships each year are are huge and just monumental events that the entire world tunes in to watch. So we'll be excited to see some very skillful players battle it out for the world championships. For October, we see the new ranked season is going to start, a seasonal tournament for that, and then the Battle Academia skins and cosmetics. So a new mini event, it sounds like, somewhere similar to what we uh, saw for the Ruination event or the uh, the beach or Yeah, the... I think closer to the beach party because it looks like this isn't going to have a region road, right? It doesn't appear so. Uh, just skins and cosmetics, so it'll just be probably more lighthearted. Battle Academia also doesn't sound something that's going to be super tied to a um, like Ruination, how the Ruination event was a little bit more thematic and storyline and actually canon. I want this just Braum seems with like it's going to be something that's going to Braum with a bow tie. So, so what are you imagining flavor wise? You think Battle Academia is going to look like? Oh, it's got to be like anime, like school uniform stuff. I got to imagine. Yeah, so like My Hero Academia. Yeah, and I and I really want to see Braum, uh, like with a uh, like dressed up as a professor with a bow tie, like Professor Braum, yeah, Professor who Braum, door off of the wall, uh, for a shield or something. Yes, or like a chalkboard or something. Yeah. Oh, also funny. Yeah. Just Donkey Kong at no shirt and just a tie. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. He's just like bulging out of his dress shirt. That's what it is. You know, it's like uh, in uh uh. Uh, Full Metal Alchemist, uh, Armstrong. That's what I'm imagining, but with Braum. <laughs> okay. Oh, because they're basically the same character. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Uh, November, as we, so that's October. So the the uh, Battle Academia skins and cosmetics, the seasonal tournament. November, the major PVE expansion. Very vague in that. No other details to provide. New themed event and mega event pass. Now the mega event pass. I'm curious about. I don't know what a mega event pass entails, but I am excited to find out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in December, it says new expansion, Magical Misadventures. Seasonal tournament and new ranked season start. That's so November? That's December. 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 So, so the so you've, expansion is August and December. So alternating months, essentially. So you've got August, you've got the Beyond the Bandlewood yeah. with Bandle City and that expansion event pass. Mm-hmm. September, just the regional tournament. So they skip, they skip a month of providing any new, any new material. Then the new rank season and seasonal tournament and the Battle Academia skins and cosmetics for, um, for October. And I don't know if similar to KDA, how KDA only gave us, gave us a couple cards in there, well, maybe they'll give us a couple cards with something like that. It doesn't sound like that's their intention, but maybe they'll decide to. Um, but from this whole thing, and then the November is the major PVE expansion. It sounds like just August and December are when they're going to be giving us new right. cards. Right, and that that is very, very interesting to me as an indication of potentially the 
content distribution going forward. I mean, that's a big departure there, right? Sure. Typically, a new expansion would have, uh, you know, an August, then we would get an October drop, and then we would get a December drop. And according to the roadmap that we're looking at, August, December, you know, we'll go four months before we would get another big drop or another three champions or whatever, potentially. Which brings up a good point about a topic that we were considering discussing tonight, and it kind of has fallen in our lap, so I think it's at least worth talking about. Do we think that that schedule of an expansion in August and then another set of whatever size card drop pool it might be in December, does that seem more in line with what we imagine to be healthy for the game? Because they've been putting out content and, and just pumping out new cards into into Legends of Runeterra at a pretty rapid pace through the spring and into the summer uh, so far through the calendar year of 2021. And then at times it's felt overwhelming, like it's been hard to keep up with all of the new cards. Granted, it's free to play. So for us who have been in the game for quite a while, we've been able to use our resources that we've accrued over time to make sure that we're keeping up with having access to the cards that we want that are that are being injected into the game. But even then, there's still quite a bit of content that's being put out. So does August and December seem more realistic to let the player base catch up? I got to get the vibe that they're not doing any less. They're just spreading it out. So if they're not doing an October expansion, I didn't get the vibe that they're doing, you know, like six champions in August and then three in December. I, I kind of get the vibe that it's like, you're going to get six champions in August and then you're going to get six in December. Or you're going to get like a full expansion, like, you know, 12 champions or something is going to come out or, you know, however many usually come out, you know, like about that all in August, right? You're going to get the whole Bandlewood set, like all in one drop instead of this sort of dispersion of stuff. I mean, it doesn't look like any less to me. I mean, like you're getting an, you're getting two, they already have like, they're finishing up an event pass now and there's two more on the horizon already. Um, one in August, one in November. So, you know, you go a couple months without one, but still seems like a lot of cards, a lot of content, uh, I, 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 DBN, I know you had a couple of thoughts about this, but the other thing is they have it marked. Like if you notice, like the Bandlewood symbol is, is on August, October, December. So I wonder if this is August, you get the beginning of it. October, we're getting three champions. December, we're getting three champions. It's just not marked on the region road that we have. If they're staying on, on the current plan and we just don't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it could be that, um, and I mean that that would I would not be surprised if that was the case, of course, because that's what they've been doing. It seems it seems more odd to me that they would depart from what has been tradition for the better part of a year, more than a year. So, I mean, you know, Gibby, do do you have more insight on that? I I, see well, I watched the video announcement. I watched the video announcement, and I swear to you, they said like August you would get the Bandlewood expansion, and then October. We, I swear in October they said we were getting, like, the next release of, of champions and cards for that set. And then December they were going to finish it off. 
Hmm. Um, and I certain, and then they were like, they really hyped up the major PVE event. Like that was, yeah, that was like big time hype. That like, that interests that me deal. for sure because when I see them say a major PVE event, the them hyping that to the extent makes me think it's more than just a another saltwater scourge thing. I'm thinking this is going to be a paid like an event where you pay 15, 20 bucks to get in and be able to play what is likely to be a higher profile thing. They did that a couple times with Hearthstone. They also did a, what was honestly kind of stood on its own and was massively impressive with Gwent. They did this thing called Thronebreaker, where it was an entire, you know, card driven story being played out in the Witcher universe where, I mean, it was, couple dozen hours of content um that told its own unique story set aside from everything else that was really fascinating and as you played through you collected the cards in game for your standard gwent account it was very impressive a ton of fun to play and i sat there thinking man i hope they would do this for another game and other games would see this I don't want to like hold out my hopes too much, but it would blow me away. And I'd just be so impressed if they took a little inspiration from that. But I mean, even if it is an expanded version of what we got with saltwater scourge, that in and of itself is probably the most exciting. I mean, I know it's a new region guys, but that, that to me, just that, that willingness to innovate and willingness to, to try to do new things inside the, you know, the formula of just pumping out cards for the, you know, competitive side from the PVP side, that excites me because it shows me that these guys like, I mean, and I guess we should expect that from Riot at this point, you know, with their experimentation into teamfight tactics and into Valorant and stuff like that, you know, but they're, they clearly see, you know, an established product as a means of testing new product idea and testing new concepts to potentially expand what they already have. Um, so I, I, that excites me a lot, but I think Gibby asked the question about content and how much content is too much when it comes to card expansions. Right. And it is something I've been thinking a lot about, but I don't want to sour the opinion of anyone. Uh, first, I kind of want to get you guys' take. Cause I don't completely know how I feel about it yet. And I kind of want to hear y'all's thoughts on it. I mean, Mark, what do you think about that? Cause I mean, this is, it's so different than what we experienced in Tessel. So different. Oh yeah. I, you know, my honest opinion is, is it's so hard because I don't play this game daily. Like I did so many other card games. Um, and one of the main reasons for that is because I have every card. One of the things that got me back, Two games like Tesla, like Hearthstone, every day grinding my daily quest was to get to my 100 gold, to get another pack of cards. Because of the completionist in me, that got me back playing. I have 100% of the cards. I have. I just looked at my account. I, I just crafted the last couple champions that I needed in the last couple of cards uh, a minute ago. Um, I have 230,000 shards in every card in the game. And, you know, a stack of a stack of wild cards for everything except epic and rares. And so it's like, I don't have a reason to keep coming back and playing. So in it's so strange, but I have to say in that scenario, it almost is too much content for me because I'm not coming back and playing all the time in order to work on my collection. And I don't feel like it's even necessary for me to level up my chest, you know, beyond 
I want to get it to level 10 and, and I don't even do that every week right now once I have everything and or if I'm dissatisfied with the meta. And I, I've said this about Riot Games before. Riot has a way of making really great games that are no fun to play. Um, and there has been times in Runeterra where I have felt like this is an amazing game and I'm having absolutely no fun playing this game. Um, and I've just been like, I'm done. Like I'm, I, I am at the point now, and a lot of this too was like when I started podcasting and I was a card gamer, I only had an iPad. Um, like that, I did all of my gaming on an iPad and an Xbox. And now I have a gaming PC. So like the world of gaming has been wide open to me. Um, and so I don't have to play card games as much. All of that to say, I think in this particular stage of my life and what is going on with me, the content's almost too much. It's like I haven't even constructed a deck with Akshan or Viego yet. And we're going to, and I might not, like I might not get done. I feel like I explore one deck and I really got to get into it and I really feel like I've explored it. And then it's like, oh, here's six new champions. Oh, here's 70 new cards. <laughs> it's like, oh, here's an event pass that now the time that you would have spent exploring something new, you're going to be intentionally crafting decks to grind out this event pass because you really want to, you know, get the most out of the money that you put into this event pass. Um, it is almost, I'm not going to say it's too much because if I was a daily player of this game, I think I would be in love with that. Um, I'm just, I'm playing a lot, but not every day. You know, I, I still probably play Runeterra um, the most is more than any other game with the exception of maybe one or two um occasionally like in different seasons um but it's it, it is a lot like there's just a lot coming out and it, it feels like it just feels like i'm still trying to explore the stuff before viego like i still haven't played pike Rexai. I, I looked i just looked at my account since mastery has come out i have not played sivir and you know how powerful sivir has been and i've been like i really want to play sivir i want to check out sivir Still haven't even checked out Sivir since Mastery has come out. And that's been a couple of months. And so I do feel like I just don't have the time in my life to even explore the sheer amount of content that they're putting out. Or even get my finger mm -hmm. on the meta outside of what is clearly the prevailing, you know, most powerful, annoying, obnoxious thing. Gibby, sure. how about you? Sure. What, what do you think? I think that it's a combination of a couple things. While the content does seem to be coming out at a pretty quick pace, part of me is okay with that because it signals to me, and maybe it's just because I've been burned, but I'm okay with the amount of content that's coming out because it signals to me that Riot cares about this game and they're focusing on it and there is a clear intention to continue to further the player base and make the game better and put out new content and they are they're putting manpower and man hours into ev constantly evolving and creating cool new things with all of the cosmetics and the skins and the icons depending on what we value as players that's a different story but having seen a game that i really cared about and i put a lot of effort and time into being legends of the five rings to watch it just burn to the ground strictly from a company that didn't care about the game this is a much better problem to have. If you are concerned about too much content, I would tell you, you need to find another game to play because you'll very quickly come back to this game and realize how lucky I think we are as a player base to have as much content and as much energy being poured into a card game as we are seeing here. 
I while it while the it depends on a player, I think, for how much they're really able to explore in a game, how quickly. I think part of the reason why this game takes a bit of a different feel for players is because something we've talked about previously is the the top decks, unlike let's say Hearthstone, which is one other one where my other background, at least from card games or digitally, comes from. Unlike Hearthstone, we are seeing the meta solved or the perceived meta solved quickly. And then people find that, latch onto that, and they are unwilling to explore outside of the cards that make up these meta decks. Or they're always, I feel like we're always going to get kind of in a constant cycle of waiting to see when it's going to get solved and waiting for a, a era of balance, a perceived balance in the game. So that way people will feel more free to go and explore the other cards that are put out in the game. So it seems like there's a lot of cards coming out, but not a lot of cards being played. And I feel like that is an overwhelming feeling for a lot of players. That is an overwhelming thought of, I constantly have to check in with the game to see if it's in a good place so I can play what I want. But if I can't play what I want, because these other decks are running rampant and they are overpowered and the deck that I want to play will never have a shot. It feels like there's a lot of content coming out, but it's not really doing anything for the player base. So it's disheartening and overwhelming, but it that's to no fault, really, I think, of the amount of content. That's just how the game is kind of being played in that state date if that makes sense and maybe i've gone on in a little bit of a tangent here that is maybe a little bit unrelated to the question that we started with but i don't necessarily think that the amount of content really is a bad thing as long as riot doesn't change their pers- their their perspective of making it affordable and accessible it's just feels a bit different feels weird and disheartening because we have such narrow opinions from top players and the decks that get played once those top players state their opinion and plant their flag just feels almost too dominant and it just kind of eclipses the overwhelming content that riot works so hard to put out so and that's part of why i as a as a i don't even want to call myself a content creator because i'm not really outside of the podcast but me as a deck builder one of my biggest goals is to be adverse to that idea and create cool, fun decks. Make them playable. Find fun ways to play them. And if I lose, so be it. But have fun playing the game, the decks that I want to play. Yeah, you know, you said something really important there because I think that you, you, you know, you touched on the biggest issue that I have with the content pacing. It's not having new content because I I don't want to look a gift horse in the mouth here, right? Like we, you know, Tessel, there was like a year where there was no new content, right? So like, and, and, and L5R, it had a lot of fast content, but oftentimes wasn't good content, a lot of bad cards, you know, things that weren't playable and the, the gym and the rough, you know, would come in there and it would change the entire metagame and, you know, then break something and then they'd have to ban it. So like you have, all these examples of games that don't do it right. And I don't want to complain that we get new toys, right? Especially when most of the time those new toys are free because we have, you know, such a free to play game in front of us. But I think my issue does come down to exactly what you 
pinpointed there, Gibby, which is that there's all these new cards and most of them don't get played, right? And the reason why I can connect that to the content is actually through their own confession. Remember when they said, here's why we haven't had you know, a bigger balance patch. And it's because we're working on all this great new content for you, right? And and everybody said, oh, well, okay, at least there's that, right? The problem is, I think that their approach has shifted. Their approach to balancing is overwhelmingly going to be release new cards and hope that that changes something. And not balance the cards, well... I believe that they're trying to print balanced cards for the most part. Sometimes they do some things like the Merciless Hunter where I'm like, no, they know this is busted. Um, they know this thing is, is straight up super powerful, but okay, fine. And I've actually been coming around to the idea that a card like Merciless Hunter is actually good for the game. It may not be good for the top decks because the top decks can use it, but what it can do is take lower tier decks, decks that uh, are trying to do less optimal combos and give them a really strong generic tool that has no synergistic requirements. But that's a discussion for another day. Um, my whole point here is would I would love if they would delay things an extra month and release four, maybe five expansions a year instead of six if it meant we'd get frequent and more impactful balance changes. And that's my big issue, is the fact that five weeks ago, we got this fascinating new champion called Echo, and we haven't talked about him in three weeks. Sure. How, how does that happen? Useless and non-existent, yeah. How does that happen? I mean, because he didn't get... Because he's so fascinating. We loved him when, when he was previewed and released, and then the next week we talked about him and then we heard about the ruination event and then the meta went to crap and we haven't cycled back to it at all because he's not in the meta and because he's not the newest, hottest thing. Right. And it's not like predicts a bad mechanic either. Right. So, so my issue is clearly there is two things going on. One, we can't keep up. I mean, it's not even a willingness. It's a, you know, it's the whole thing about like the 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 twenty four hour news cycle feels like it's playing itself out in our game, and I almost don't like it because it's like I want to be able to dive deep into these other things. That comes from two things. That comes with time, which we don't have before new cards, new shiny things shift everything, and two, mm -hmm. it comes with things actually being balanced enough to be able to play off meta stuff against the top decks and have you know at least an okay chance at winning, right? And I don't feel like we have that either, right? So these cards are coming in and becoming largely superfluous. They're sitting in my collection, and unless I'm playing in a limited format, which they don't offer within the actual game client, then I don't get to use these things. Yeah, it's it's odd. One of the things I was just thinking about is, like, one of my favorite metas was right after Echo came out before Ruination yes. Event. And Ruination Event's one of my least favorite metas in a while, and... It's like, it's interesting because it's like, yeah, there's no meta that you hate that's going to stick around for a long time, but there's also no meta that you love that's going to stick around for a long yeah, time. Yeah, that too. That's a um, great yeah, point. You know, and, and it's kind of a double-edged sword with the speed in which stuff comes out. The other thing is it's like, it's it's legitimately getting hard. I mean, as a podcast, sometimes it feels like you have to have two episodes a week yeah. just because you have one that always has to be covering the news. 
and then you never get to talk about any elements of the game that go deeper than what are they do, what, what are they doing next? What's coming out next? And then the other side of that is is like, I don't as a player and as a podcaster get the opportunity to, to fully explore yes. any set of cards. Therefore, when new cards come out, I don't really even know how to properly assess them or know where they fit or know where to explore them at because I don't have any experience playing Rex Eye and and Pike. I don't have any experience, you know, playing some of these other, you know, various champions. I don't have any experience playing Action Lee yet um, or Action Lee yet. I don't have any experience with Diego yet. So how am I going to rate those cards that come out in Bandlewood that we're going to have to start talking about next week? Literally next week. I still yeah. haven't had the opportunity to explore not just those, but, man, I'm looking back at even some of the cards that have come out in Sharima. I, I haven't had an opportunity to, to really explore, um, you know, uh, uh, Renekton yet, you know, to the fullness that I would have would would like to. Um, and uh, I, I'm not and I'm not trying to complain or be like, this game sucks. They give me stuff too often and it's too free. Um, but I am saying like the pacing sometimes for me as a player and maybe it's my stage in life feels almost overwhelming, yeah. not to the point where like I can't keep up with getting the cards. It's like I, I just I just can't keep up with the game, like the pace of the game. I, I just want a quarter, a quarterly expansion. Seriously, if they did a, an expansion a quarter, four bigger expansions every quarter, maybe you take each new of these, you know, these expansions and ex instead of splitting into thirds, split in half. Okay. Uh -huh, uh -huh. You could intersperse those quarters with, um, you know, event passes or special, um, you know, champion events, right? Like you've, they've been doing, but like these champion events are jammed in between what becomes like, you know, every other month is an expansion. So that means like every three to four weeks you have new cards, you know? And so like, I, I mean, the Aphelios event was the same thing, right? Aphelios event, this Akshan event, like it's not that these cards aren't welcome. It's not that these cards aren't cool. It's just, there's, it's too much, too fast. And, and you don't get to really break down and appreciate the stuff that you have already gotten. I mean, I have played no games with Zillion and Zillion was one of the ones that I was like, Oh man, can't wait to play with Zillion. But then, you know, the, the set dropped, I got really into Yetis. I was like, I'll get to Zillion. I'll get to Zillion. Right. And at the end of the day, you know, then all of a sudden Akshan comes out and, you know, Viego comes out. All I have time to do is play Akshan. Now I'm not playing every day. Mm -hmm. I'm not a top, you know, this is a pacing that will keep content creators happy. No doubt. When I was streaming every day for Tesla, I would have loved this. This would have been fascinating and amazing for me. Right. But I just, as a player, as just a player, right. And not somebody who's streaming every day. A, I can't imagine trying to jump in as a new player at this point. And I, I hate that I have to say that because we've been saying for so long how great it is for new players to jump in. And at this point, I, I would not, I would argue that this isn't the most free to play game. Not because of the cards that can, that they'll give you, right? But because of how much you have to catch up on and how much is coming out soon. It's mm. just so much. And now you could get to one competitive deck quickly, but I mean, who really wants to do that? That's a minority of players that actually are okay with just building one deck and just riding it to masters. And that's that. And, sure. And being happy wants with to that. explore all the shiny they stuff. They do. Right? They do. And that's, that's valid. I'm just saying 
Yeah, especially when so many champions that you would be getting randomly if you don't max your 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 chest out to 10 or, you know, or even just pulling random champions when a lot of champions aren't playable. Yeah. Well, I'm going to live up to my moniker here and be everly optimistic okay. and okay. say because they are introducing what has been communicated as the last region to the game there is the possibility that post bandle city expansion past december past this um this roadmap that we have so far and from the near future of the next 5 months or so there i'm interested to see what they do when introducing new cards if there is a what they have planned for early 2022 and i don't want to look past all of what we've got going on here because we will be talking about plenty but what we receive through 2021 and trying to make projections about maybe what we think we'll get in 2022, but that will give us better information. But I have a feeling that because of the lack of releasing a new, a new region and them needing to catch that region up with so many champions as they continue to grow the card pool for all of the existing regions, there might be a bit of normalcy or a slower release maybe even a better way to put it is freedom for them to be more creative with their releases and not feel so pressured to have to just just vomit champions and cards and crappy epics and boats out to the out to the uh, all the people uh all at one time and maybe they can get on a little bit of a of a normal schedule and that's maybe why they're releasing only one more region is they've realized well, this is not a schedule that we are happy with, and we'd like to get on something a bit more structured where they've got something planned for 2022. So I remain optimistic that Riot knows what they're doing because they have so frequently put out content. There has to be foresight as to where they expect the game to be and where they want it to be and how they get there. So yeah, I, I I totally agree with that. Obviously, I mean this is far from accidental, right? Yeah, I'm Agreed. just hoping that they have their priorities in order. Which, at the end of the day, to, new cards is not as important as fun game. Sure, and I will have to say, for I know you haven't gotten to play Viego yet, uh, DBN, and I don't know how much you've played of Viego, um, Mark, but both Akshan and Viego, while it wasn't your style of Cup of TDBN, the expansion itself, both of the champions did exactly what we asked. They were flexible and they were not too powerful and broken, but they were also relevant. So that's true. I really do think that there is improvement and listening to the community and as we continue as a community, and it's important that we do continue to voice our opinion to the very accessible, except for getting them on a podcast, uh, Riot devs, <laughs> I think there is going to continue to be a cooperative improvement in the game. And even maybe bigger patch notes, we can hope. Let's hope. Yeah. I think that I think that just to to just cap this, I do want to just challenge the idea that like having these new champions that come in that are good but not great that is a perfect uh, i think storm 
right, for the card itself as playable, you know, but not breaking anything. Except when you put it under the lens of we're releasing new cards to hopefully fix old broken combos and to hopefully push out the previous meta decks. Because if you print balanced cards, you don't push out old good combos, right? So, you know, that's where the power creep thing comes in. That's classic Hearthstone design. We're not actually going to change anything that's strong. We're just going to print stronger stuff so it's at least different, right? And it seems like right now they've either done one or the other, but usually it's like they think that they're going to, that the meta is going to change from the new stuff. And then usually it doesn't. But when it does, it's so dominant, usually unintended, I think, like with Spectral Matron, um, that it just, it, it completely throws off everything for the future. So again, I guess what this really boils down to is, okay, if you want to give me this much cards, fine, but don't forget about my balance patches, please. <laughs> You got to look backward and forward. Yes, yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good, good way to sum. Now, here's one thing that's a conversation for another day, and probably in September we'll get to it when we get the World Championship. Um, but one of the things that happened a lot in Hearthstone was content would come out, streamers would create stuff, and the meta would solidify around what the streamers did. But the first tournament that featured deck lists was when the meta really was considered to take its next evolution, right? Because you would see what all of the ladder warriors have been playing and all the hidden decks that no one had known about would suddenly show up. And then we would see an entire new evolution in the meta. I'm curious to see with this world championship as Riot invests in the competitive scene, if we see a rise in the competitive scene with more spectatorship, um, more investment on Riot's end, if we see a meta that doesn't get as stale as often, because it's not based off of what three YouTubers put out this week. Um, I th- I'm hoping that we see that. I'm hoping that the competitive scene breathes life into the meta of the game at different points. I think that could happen. Yeah, I think, I think it will. I think it will for two reasons. One, I think those hidden decks are going to come out of the woodwork, just like you said, and just like they have in the past for both actually Runeterra and other games. Um, it's always an exciting time. Hopefully, maybe we can get like a watch party together within the, the Discord um, to uh, to get a bunch of people in watching the the championships and stuff no, like that. That is an idea. Um, I will yeah, say, that's a really good I idea. will say, one of the other best benefits of a high profile tournament is because high profile tournaments are overwhelmingly uh, like open deck lists. What will happen is that uh, top tier players will succeed with decks that are not good ladder decks, but great tournament lists. And then a bunch of people that don't understand that dynamic will queue a bunch of good tournament lists on ladder and help your win rate. So all good news. <laughs> that will yeah. happen as well. That'll happen as well. Well, guys, we're about an hour and 20 minutes into it. So uh, let's begin wrapping things up and work our way out of here. And I thought I was already perfect. Okay, guys, at the end of our episodes, we like to do closing thoughts. This is uh, so something to help you not just play better, but also live better. Uh, and th- this closing thought is kind of a, a bit of a funny one, but quick story from my life. The other day, uh, we had to cancel some plans, some travel plans. And when we had to, we had to uh, change the booking for a rental car. Called the company. They said, sorry, can't change it. No exchanges. We're just taking your money. 
Um, I called the customer service office, talked to their manager, talked to their supervisor, talked to that person's supervisor, got the entire way to the top to be told that you were not allowed to get your money back. We can't do anything for you, and we're taking your money. I said, who's your supervisor? And they said they would give me the mailing address for the corporate office so I could send them a letter. I thought, well, that's not going to work for me. So I found the president of this company's customer service email on the Internet, and I emailed him. And the next morning, we got a phone call uh, from someone at the corporate office, a secretary at the corporate office, who found a way to reimburse us our money and schedule for what was going to be our reschedule. I didn't even want to cancel the the reservation. I actually just wanted to change the dates a little bit uh, so that we could get the rental car in the days that we need it. And they were going to make us book again and pay a second time. Um, All of that to say that sometimes in life, perseverance is required. Uh, I I had a, a lot of opportunities to give up. Uh, when we try to change it on the website, could have given up when I chatted with the guy on the web's browser help chat, and he told me he couldn't help me, could have given up uh, the first, second, and third customer service person, could have given up when I got the address for the corporate office, could have given up, uh, but we ended up taking it to the president, uh, not of the company, but of the all customer service for the company, and uh, ended up being able to, to get that reimbursement. Not always in life uh, is that the right decision, but oftentimes... Life just requires a little bit of perseverance. It, it requires a little bit of grit, uh, a little bit of gumption, a little bit of get to it, a little bit of get it done, a little bit of push through. And so if you're going through a challenging time in life right now, it's never bad to get help. But sometimes you just got to buck up, put on your big boy pants and figure it out for a bit uh, and, and push through. Uh, you know, sometimes we need picked up and we need help and we need dusted off. Other times we need our rear end kicked and told to get back in the game. And uh, maybe that's you today. Maybe you just need to be told, hey, persevere, push through, get back in the game. It's okay. Life's going to be good. Uh, That's my closing thought for today. Persevere, work through it. Thanks, coach. Yeah, no problem. No problem, (laughs) sport. (laughs) Never say that again. No no problem, sport. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you guys for listening. If you want to check out what we're doing elsewhere, check the description of this episode. Check out Lux Digital Church, a church that I lead on Twitch and that Gibby is a part of. Uh, You can also come and join our Discord community and be part of everything that's going on over there. Um, And you can ping me, Gibby, or DBN over there because we're always up for talking with members of the community. And go and follow us on Twitter as well. Leave us a rating and review on iTunes if you're a good person who has a lot of love in their heart and, and wants to help us out. Go do that. It'll help people find the show. Uh, Thank you guys for tuning in and listening. We appreciate you. And uh, be sure to come back again next week. Thanks for listening to Legends Cast. This episode was brought to you by listeners like you. Don't forget to join our Discord community and support us by leaving us a rating and review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. A special thanks goes out to all of our Patreon supporters over at patreon.com slash legendscast.